0: This message comes from NPR sponsor Xfinity. Some things are slow, like snail races. Other things are fast, like Xfinity XFi. Get fast speeds, even when everyone is online, working to make Wi-Fi simple, easy, awesome. More at Xfinity.com. Restrictions apply. Then either they are faster than me or imprecise. He closed the door on her and padded back to the bed and took off his pants again. They looked okay. Laying them out under the mattress was as close as he ever got to ironing. That was a passage from Never Go Back, the latest Jack Reacher novel written by Lee Child. And
1: read by our intern, our deep-voiced intern, Stephen Tobias. Hello. So, so what uh, Stephen was reading there, uh, you heard, is that Jack Reacher, a character we love, irons his clothes not with an iron, but by taking them, putting them under his mattress, sleeping on it, waking up, pulling them out, and they're, they're pressed flat.
0: It's a modified hot press machine.
1: Without the hot.
0: So we are going to try this. We have all put pants in our mattresses, and uh, we're Jack reaching them.
1: We will be back uh, and see what happens later in the show.
0: This is How To Do Everything. I'm Mike.
1: And I'm Ian. On today's show, we're going to tell you how to spoon properly.
0: We'll also tell you how to make a long-distance relationship work. But first...
2: Are Mr. Lomax. Bernie, how you doing? Great place. Don't be mind, but we, did, we just walked in. We didn't know that... Mr. Lomax. Bernie. Hey, don't slap him. That's your boss. I know. He's meditating. No, he's not. He's like dead, man. Come
1: on. Talk oh, yeah. on. So as you can hear, there is a dead body in this scene. There's a But there's a human being, a live human being, playing said dead body. So what does it take to
0: play the dead body on a TV show? Chuck Lamb uh, does this as a profession. He lives his life going around playing a dead guy. So, so Chuck, uh,
1: just tell us, how many times have you played a dead body?
0: Oh, at least two dozen.
2: Oh, Maybe closer to 30, counting horror movies and um, TV shows and that kind of thing. So how do you get into that? Well, it was funny. It started as a bet between me and my wife. So we were watching law and order one night and I told my wife, I said, gosh, I'd like to be on TV or in a movie one time just (laughs) to see my name on the credits, you know, and I'm that kind of guy. I, I didn't know how to swim, but we took scuba diving lessons and I realized that as long as I had the respirator in my mouth, I couldn't drown. You know what I mean? Sure. So there's always a way around things. And I I fell asleep that, that night and I had a dream that I was laying on law and order and The guy above me was making fun of me, you know, laying under there, and I woke my wife up in the middle of the night. (laughs) And she goes, what's wrong? And I said, I got it. I said, and I put my hands on my hips, and I said, I could be dead body guy, you know, and just play dead bodies, because everybody needs them. Western needs them. A gangster show needs them. War movie needs them. And that's where we started. She's come up with the idea of uh, taking pictures of me around the house and, it was crazy. It just went like a snowball virally around the internet. And within six weeks, we were on the front page of
1: the New York Times. Wait, so when you just to get started out, you you posed around your house like a, a dead body and she took pictures of you? That
2: was it. We
1: uh
2: <laughs> we uh I fell down the steps, I put myself under the garage door. Uh back then they had the big scare about the bird flu, so I put my head in a bowl of chicken noodle soup <laughs> oh. because we thought that'd be kind of ironic, you know.
0: What was your first uh, time playing a dead body then?
2: Uh, well, I actually played dead on the Today Show when they asked me to be on it the first time, but out of that, that um, appearance on the Today Show, they booked me on What I Like About You with Jenny Garth and Amanda Bynes.
0: Alright, so, but, but I don't know that show very well. What Under what circumstance does the dead body appear?
2: Well, it... From what I gather, it was an inside joke, you know, just, you know, for people that would have really watched the show a lot would understand it. I guess she was, has been postponing marrying this guy for so many years that I was laying dead at the chapel. So
1: did they, did they put special makeup on you? What did, what did oh, they yes. tell you to do?
2: There's a thing called the death wheel in makeup, believe it or not. And I didn't know this until then. Um, there's a wheel that's got you know, pasty colors and ash colors and grays, and it's actually called the death wheel.
1: Oh, wow. So when you realized that this dream was going to come true, you were going to be on TV or on a show as a dead body, did you try and practice ahead of time? To, to oh, sure. Tell, tell us how you did that.
2: Oh yeah, I mean it's a lot of people think it's it, you know it's oh I could do that that's no problem but there's a lot to it because it takes a lot to set up a scene yeah and a lot of times like in a horror movie they're pouring all this slimy syrupy blood on you and then you know I've had some places has had maggots on me and uh, you know just really nasty things and you've got to just lay there and you know that's the main thing is just learning how to relax with slime all
0: over you. You said maggots? Do they use real maggots?
2: Oh yeah, sure. Have, uh, you know, well, you know, maggots are edible. I mean, I've never eaten any, but. Uh,
1: <laughs> well, what's, how do you do that? When you, how do you remain still and look dead? What What's your secret?
2: Uh, well, it'd be funny if you just fall asleep, believe it or not. If you just get good and relaxed, you know, I just try to lay there, you know, uh, shallow your breathing down as much as you can and just leave your eyes a little bit open and, you know, hope they don't water over too much and just, I totally relax. I mean, it. you know, anybody can really do it if you practice it enough.
0: Do you, do you actually fall asleep?
2: I have before, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> Is that dangerous? I, would, I mean, I don't know how – I think I'm probably a pretty still sleeper, but even so I'm sure I do things when I'm asleep that I'm not aware of.
2: Well, yeah, you don't want to snore or something or, you know, have some kind of, you know, body reaction.
0: That would
1: kind of give yeah. it away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well Chuck, thanks so much for uh, telling us about what you do.
2: Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much. I'll see you guys.
1: Chuck Lamb's website is deadbodyguy.com. dot com.
0: Hey Rich, what can we help you with?
3: Well, you know, uh getting colder out at night now and uh I was uh The other evening, I was uh, a little cold, and I was trying to keep my wife warm, and so I kind of, you know, moved over. And uh, I don't like this term too much, but, uh, you know, I've heard it's called spooning. So I – Yeah. And and she said, what are you doing? This is wrong. You (laughs) cannot do the humping dog. Whoa. So the humping dog was me putting my right leg over her – right leg, I guess it would be.
1: Well, I've never heard that term before, but that I will say I think that's pretty unorthodox
0: spooning technique.
3: It is. Okay.
0: It almost sounds yeah, like that, a wrestling move.
3: It is. I've discussed this with several of my friends, and, and some of them are like, yeah, that's, that's perfectly acceptable, and then others will say, no, that's not acceptable whatsoever. So I guess I was wondering, is this, did I miss this? Is this uh, some taboo of, of spoon? With.
1: Well, have you have you tried the traditional way without the le- leg draped over?
3: Well, this last time I did, and she was happy. I guess for me, it's not as comfortable.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm.
3: Then we'll do that for about four minutes, and then it's like <laughs> I just gotta I go away, and then I fall asleep. I don't know if there's some other uh, type of uh, there can't be just the one type of spooning.
0: So, is this a new relationship?
3: No, we've been married for 25 years.
0: (laughs) Oh, my gosh.
3: (laughs) And she's been holding this, must be keeping this in for all of that time.
0: How long have you been trying the humping dog here?
3: (laughs) I I guess for 25 years. Oh, wow.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We're going to look into this for you, Rich. Thank you. We're going to save this marriage.
3: Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much, because I think we, we, we could maybe make another 25 years
0: if nothing
1: else, you can just wrap that leg around her so she can't get away. <laughs> there's, there's really only one person uh, who can help with this.
0: Kate Mulgrew. She plays Red on Orange is the New Black, and she was, of course, Captain Janeway on Star Trek Voyager.
1: So, so Kate, what do you think of, of Rich's spooning technique?
4: Babe, babe, she's absolutely right. Against the rules, not spooning. <laughs> that, okay?
1: That makes it something else.
4: Yeah, that makes it foreplay. Okay, spooning is not sexual. Rich, spooning is comforting. Spooning is loving. I want you to first go into the kitchen. I'm sure you two have a kitchen. And look at the spoons. Take them out. Take two spoons out and fit one bowl into the other bowl of the spoon, and you will see that the bowls are very snug and together and very closely aligned, whereas the bottom of the spoon, the ladle of the spoon, are straight and hardly touching. This is what we wish in a spoon. She wants you to pull her in and encircle her. She does not want you to lift your great leg, which probably weighs about 35 pounds, <laughs> and put it over her tiny lower body and squeeze her to death and get aroused and then make love to her because she wants to go to sleep gently and with comfort in your arms.
1: Well, it, it seems like maybe the first step for Rich and his wife would be to to have two spoons in the bedroom two actual spoons as a reminder of what proper spooning should
0: look like
4: well i think uh, rich's wife knows very well what spooning is
0: yeah mm-hmm. so maybe it's
4: deeply intimate but it does not get erotic at any point
0: have you heard of the humping dog before is that familiar? i've heard of the
4: humping dog and i've i've experienced the humping dog and it's a drag oh the humping dog is more like a knife do you know what i mean I think so. Or a corkscrew, but it isn't a spoon.
0: Okay, yeah. Yeah, the knife and the spoon don't fit snug together.
4: No, no. Perhaps he can breathe into her hair or whisper into her ear. That's permissible. He's holding her around her stomach, but he is in no way engaging her lower half.
0: Do you have any, Kate, do you have any suggestions on things Rich could whisper into his wife's ear?
4: He could whisper, you are the most beautiful and delicate silver spoon. (laughs) <laughs> I have ever had the pleasure of coupling with, and I'm going to consider myself the luckiest spooning man in the Western Hemisphere. How's that?
1: That's beautiful. very good.
4: Isn't that good? It is. Women love to be whispered to when they're spooned. They also love to have their hair stroked. They do not want their shoulders, breasts, stomach, hips, or legs in any way touched. Not to mention the nether regions. Not to touch. <laughs> yeah. Just the hair, the brow, perhaps the eye. And whispering into the ear, all Rich has to do, if he's ever watched his wife with one of their children, is to watch how she spoons with her infant. Mm-hmm. That's what we're really looking for in that moment.
1: Now, uh, Rich, I, I think uh, I think he he wants he he recognizes that the humping dog is is unwanted. He wants to stop it, but he, there's something about uh, traditional spooning that just doesn't work for him. Is there any variation? Where he could mix it up a little bit and and maybe try something that would be good for both parties.
4: The only reasonable alternative to spooning is you know uh, uh, has to be mutually agreed on, and it sounds to me like Rich's wife really wants the classic spoon. Mm-hmm. So uh, he just has to know that when he puts his big leg over her, he's he's disturbing her. He's yeah. disturbing slash irritating her. Okay. And the other thing I want to say to Rich, to uh, assuage any fears he may have or or if he considers this criticism is he's only responding when he does the hump dog thing in a primitive manner and that he's hardwired to protect his mate. So the leg instinctively goes over her. It's asking him to be more actually female uh, by assuming the classic spooning position.
0: Well, that's actually good news. So it's it's actually, it speaks well of Rich to to try and do the humping It speaks well
4: of his primitive nature. yeah. He's programmed to protect her in the cave, but the bed is no longer the cave, and the apartment is no longer on the savannah. He can safely assume the now more conventional spooning position.
0: Well, this is great, Kate. Uh, We're going to take this to Rich, and hopefully, hopefully, we can uh, impart some of your wisdom to him.
4: Will you let me know what Rich has to say? Oh, for sure. Because between the three of us, I think he likes that leg over her. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I think you're right, I think he probably does. So he needs to just calm down a little bit. Hi, Mike and Ian. My name is Julia uh, and I'm calling with a question, which is uh, how to live a successful long-distance marriage. My husband, with whom I'm madly in love, just moved to Cincinnati, Ohio an amazing job and I live and we used to live together in Brooklyn New York so he lives there and I live here and uh, I'd love to know what the secrets are to make this work uh, because we really miss each other a lot thanks
1: all right we have we have found a person who not only has been in a long-distance relationship but has been in the longest distance possible relationship
0: Karen Nyberg is an astronaut, and she just returned to Earth after six months stationed aboard the International Space Station.
1: She she really could not get farther away from her husband.
0: So, Karen, what's your best tip? What's your best relationship tip for Julia?
5: My number one tip would be communicate. (laughs) I think that's the most important, especially, you know— you, when you're not when you 're with somebody physically with somebody gestures and you know looks on your face and that type of thing, you can tell what kind of what you, everybody's thinking, but you really need to, to understand expectations and communicate expectations, I think in order for it, for it to really work. How
0: do you do that when you're uh, on the space station
5: well we're able to talk you know it 's talking every day, sometimes talking twice a day. And also video conferences, and I think that's very easy for folks to do now with the technologies. Is is um, talk via video as much as possible as well. And I mean, I'm certainly not the expert at this, but but you're right. I have I have had to do it for quite a while.
1: Now, you are when you are having one of these conversations with, with your husband from the space station. Do you does it does it feel? Further away than say it might if uh, you know I was in Brooklyn and my partner was in Ohio.
5: Um, No, not really. I think the only times it would feel further away is when you're when you're both on the Earth. There's the possibility of getting on an airplane and going to visit each other for the weekend. Being on space station, obviously, you feel farther away in that sense. Is you can't catch the next flight out to go see somebody. You're stuck there, and that's where you're going to be until landing day.
0: And now, am I correct in that your husband is also an astronaut?
5: That's correct. He flew on two space shuttle flights, both of them to the International Space Station. Um, The last one was the actual final flight of the space shuttle, STS-135. And I think that helped a lot with us is is that he knew where I was, and he he had been there, so he understood what I was doing. And, you know, I didn't have to describe the place at all because he had been there, and he he knew where I was.
0: Well, yes, so much of our interaction is really... uh, reflecting on the mundane experiences of our lives. And when you have two astronauts, you don't really need to, to waste time talking about the beauty of the Earth as seen from space.
5: In a way, that's right. That's right.
0: One more
1: thing. I have to ask, so you, you guys both being astronauts, do you use a lot of you know, astronomy language in your sweet talk? Or is it just like, no? I...
5: <laughs> if the word honey is, <laughs> is considered... <laughs> No, no, no. It's it's not really it's not really uh, geeky in that way unless we
0: talk. Well, Karen, thank you so much for your time.
5: <gasps> thank you very much. Hi, my name is Casey from Lakeland, Florida, and I listened to How to Do Everything while I am being a bridezilla, scouring the internet for ideas for my upcoming wedding.
1: All right, Casey, these next fifteen seconds are for you.
3: I'm getting married in the morning. Ding dong, the bells are gonna chime.
1: You always hear about uh, Bridezilla, right? But uh, you never hear about um, Bride Mothra. You know,
0: I still don't understand where Bride Godzilla came out after nuclear testing. He came out of the waters. But where did Bridezilla come? Where was the nuclear reaction that created Bridezilla? Yeah. Dress barn. Show how you'll miss me. All right, I think enough time has passed. Uh, let's check on our pants. All right, I
1: right, they're better than before. My pants are better than before. Still not uh, something I would wear.
0: My pants look terrible.
1: Your your pants do look you terrible. You can
0: clearly see uh, uh, the pattern of the box spring. That is there at the bottom.
1: It's almost as if they have uh, like a three dimensional version of plaid.
0: Yeah, it's like they look like a waffle. They're waffle pants. Yeah. And, and Toby? I would never wear these in a million years. It looks like I did the opposite of ironing, whatever um, that may be. You Drink think 20. they
1: look worse than before?
0: Yeah. Did you have they a. They look f- absolutely worse. Was it a rough night of sleep for you? I'm not sure. I, th- I feel like I personally slept well, but I feel like the pants did not. So uh, Jack reacher in your pants, it works for Jack Reacher.
1: Well, he is, you know, 250 pounds. It may be that we don't have the weight to, you know, crush our, really press our pants.
0: So we can only really recommend this to you if you are a giant man.
1: Or I think the solution for us is we all need to gain between 50 and 100 pounds.
0: That does it for this week's show. What Would you learn, Ian? I always, uh, you know, it's
1: it, it's so hard. I think it's such a hard thing to get off the phone with someone, you know, mm-hmm. just generally. Yeah. And, and I think um, if you were in space, you it would it would be hard to tell the little lies that that you tell. Oh, somebody's at the door. Oh yeah. No, you're in a space station orbiting the Earth at thousands of miles an hour. No one no one is knocking.
0: Well, I should probably get back to. Uh Oh, my tang just went off.
1: I feel like if I was a spoon, yeah, and I found out that humans had named this thing after me, I would, I might be offended. I would definitely be embarrassed.
0: Why is it spoons though? Because forks do the same thing. Forks fit symmetrically right yeah. inside each other.
1: Yeah, but you never want to be like, "What are you guys doing?" Oh, we're forking. How to do everything was produced this week by Steven Tobias. Technical direction from Lorna White.
0: Our intern this week is Stephen Tobias. What the hell?
1: They're actually, they're nothing alike. Get us your questions at at howto.npr.org.
0: And visit our website, howtodoeverything.org. I'm Ian. And I'm Mike. Thanks. Thanks.